This presentation is from Design Research 2017, held in Sydney. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. All right, I'd like to introduce Ruth. Um, Ruth and I were working together last year at the Digital Transformation Agency, where she still is, and I was watching her do this amazing stuff, taking out people to do research who had never done research before um, and introducing them to how to actually do it and how not to be disruptive and all the things that you can imagine going wrong taking you know, new folks out to research. So we were, we were talking about it at work yeah. and I said it would be really good if we could get her to share that here. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Donna. So hi. <laughs> uh, my name's Ruth. You can hear me. I'm just, okay, thanks. Um, so 15 years ago, I left. Well, I made what I thought was a really big decision of my, t- of my life at that time. Where I decided to leave everything I knew in Perth and move across to explore this new land called Canberra. So for me, I really had no idea what, where even Canberra was at that time. You know, in, in WA, you sort of live in your, our own country over there. Um, I was excited. I knew nobody on this side of the eastern states. Um, I thought, you know, I'm excited, but I'm really, really scared as well and nerve-wracking. I had this mixed bag of emotions that I, I just didn't know how to cope with, but I really wanted to give it a go. And it's really funny because this kind of emotion mix I've been seeing when I take... Like our agile teams, our non-researchers out on the journey. They're excited, but they're also scared. Um, and how do we help them through this process? So I work in agile multidisciplinary teams. And when we say multidisciplinary, we mean not just IT, no, not just developers, not just researchers, but also people like product owners, subject matter experts, and even in one of my teams, a lawyer. I'll tell you the story about the lawyer as we go through. So as design researchers, Our job is to build understanding and empathy for the users that we are designing our services for. But what is the experience like for the people who actually have to design these services and products? Because it's also a very scary experience for them. So I want to share a tale of two teams. Team one is the very familiar agile ways of working, always done it through IT projects, never had any business involved or much business involvement or other types of roles. Um, user research is usually done by other user researchers who are external to the team and who will come back with a report back to the team. Um, but with this particular project, they had multiple federal government agencies involved in an over a 20-week project, which might not sound like a lot of might sound like a lot of time, but it really was a lot of time on the ground. And multiple federal government departments going to talk and work together. It's a challenge for those that work in government. Team two, on the other hand, that I got to work with, uh, they were new to agile ways of working. This particular team were mostly made up of business means, subject matter experts, um, and business people. They were very familiar with market research, but didn't know what user research really was. And also a 20-week project with multiple departments in there. Now, we have additional challenge for this thing called caretaker period. For those who are not in government, what this means is when an election is announced, we go into this caretaker period where you're not allowed to do any piece of work that could influence the public's perception of the government of the day because that might give them an unfair advantage. So what happened was this particular project I started with them started just after elections were announced and it brings a bunch of challenges. Now the environment is that we had 20 weeks to go from discovery to a live product um, in beta. We ha- most of us had never worked together uh, even within the same department, and we worked into one-week sprints. That meant we worked in this high-level intensity that even as a, I was consulting at the time, I was used to high-level intensity, but whoa, this took it up a whole new level. I was so I never worked in anything that fast. 
And also the speed of decision-making we had in our teams was actually running at a pace that the government departments were not familiar with. They're usually used to having, you know, <laughs> to be honest with you, um, usually you, you write briefs, you send it up, you get to prove. We were asking for decisions within hours. Every hour in our project mattered, and that was very, very hard, for not just for our teams, but for the stakeholders involved. So challenge number one that we had to overcome was this ex extreme fear and anxiety, right, of trying to do this actual research. So when I sat down with the two teams, we were explaining you know, that we're going to be going out doing this thing called contextual research. I'm really excited about it. And they're going, okay, great. Explain what it was. And I said, um, so just won't be me doing it. We're going to go out and do it together. And the look of, look, most of them were pretty excited and nervous, but one, the product owner was terrified. He was horrified. He, this look of horror came over his face when I said that we are going to be doing it together. So I also had these kind of things as well. Oh, Ruth, that's great, but it's not in my job description. You can, uh, you, there was one of the developers that told me that. And um, I don't really have time for that, or we really know what the problem is. So we had to try to do this mindset shift, right, from just... You know, we as design researchers doing the research to let's do the research together. Research becomes a team sport. So, you know, ask, okay, so let's start this process. We're going to take the team out in research and we're going to do the research together. But with me taking non research out on this kind of journey, this is actually really hard to do. So we had to take a step back and go, okay, before we do it, we need to do a lot of preparation and planning. So one of the things we did was what we call dry runs, where we sat down and we practiced some interviewing techniques. And people were going, oh, it looks really easy, just chatting to people. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's just, let's just practice this. And at the end of an hour session, they go, oh, that was a lot harder than I thought. <laughs> but don't worry, I said, um, we're going to be practicing it together, and we're going to go out in the field together. So we ran a few dry runs. So in this particular case, um, we actually tried a dry run with people in the department who were part of our cohorts. And we practiced with them and did, a, I think, about five or six sessions. So everybody had a go to just get familiar with what the pace of a session could look like. And once we did that, then we, then we tried things like shadowing. So I'll run, I'll run a session and my shadows would, would observe and, and learn. And then they tried a session and then I would give a critique at the end of every session. And once we're, familiar, we're okay with that, we'll then go out into the field. This was really scary <laughs> for myself and for a lot of people um, because we had to set expectations about what, what do we mean when we go out and feel? Um, is, it, can I, is it a stakeholder management exercise? Or um, what are we trying to do? Are we trying to tell them about the, the kind of childcare services here that they have? So this is somebody's, uh, this is a childcare service called Family Day Care. We went out to see what it's like when you have a, a childcare service in somebody's home. And we took the, research, we took the team out with us. And what was challenging was, um, this is another family, I took the product owner with me, and he was the one that was absolutely horrified and insisted that he'll never go out <laughs> to see these people. I managed to convince him to come out with me in this particular session. And we actually met a family that um, actually had a child with special needs and whose care needs were really, really high. And for him to hear the story direct from the mum and the carers involved was, had this impact that wouldn't have been there if I tried to share that story myself. So it was amazing seeing him see this stuff. Take, you know, I took the photos, he, he helped the questions. We came back and he was sharing this emotional story with the rest of the team. And it helped him as a product owner to make the, the, the prioritization of our, for the rest of our sprints. And this is another lot that our, our researchers took as well. They can see they found the paperwork um, very interesting to be destroyed in 2040. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, another one. So this is our pro- this is our delivery manager, the kind of like a scrum master slash project manager, and she's out with one of our subject matter tax lawyers, um, trying to understand what's it like from the user's perspective. And it's interesting getting lawyers involved in the process, because uh, before they come out, a lot of them never had first-hand contact with people, and they're going, well, legally you can only have to say things a certain way in government. But when you have to go out and see people actually struggle using the kind of things that we put, for, put in front of people, it, becomes, it shifts this mindset, the mind about what we can and can't do. So challenge number two had overcome was, well, we go out and do research. How do we come back and actually get the rest of our team across research? Um, our sprints are weekly, and not everyone can come out on the research with us every week. So although the whole team's getting involved in research, they take turns to do this research. So what we do, is, um, and what Lisa talking about, we come back and we share stories. And we, we get the actual non-researchers to share what was impactful for them. So this is us sitting around listening to somebody telling their story. Um, another thing we do is this thing called empathy walls, where we, we build up a profile. Every person we see, we, get, we ask them for permission, take a quick photo, and we type up a few quick notes about them. And it just helps us reinforce throughout our design process about you know, the kind of people we're seeing. What I quickly learned from doing this is that when you're seeing a lot of people in a short amount of time, this actually started to become a bit onerous for our non-researchers to the point where they started throwing their hands up and going, I'm not doing this anymore. So, um, yeah, I just need to learn to temper some of the excitement about the people <laughs> that we meet. Another thing we also do is this thing called research trackers. So although we digitally track um, the, the types of participants we have in our research, we use this physical thing. Because at a glance, you can see where there's gaps in our research. And also down the bottom here on the left, there's actually all our names in our team. And we had stickers for every research session you've been. And it's a bit of a competition internally of how many research sessions you can do. So, you know, you've got a lot of stickers. It's great. You know, you get more cake at the end of it. We use cake a lot in DTA to reward. Um, it could be just, I just love cake. <laughs> um, so, yeah, not bribery of my, research, of my non-researchers. It's just um, getting them involved. And, it was, and somebody said, oh, Ruth, this is one of the best bits. You get to finish the session, you get to put a sticker on it. So I liked it, they liked it. Another team tried it and gone, oh, we hate putting stickers on. <laughs> it really depends. Challenge number three is that we go on and collect all this data, but how do we make sense of the research as a team? So we use this technique called ROTV, the rose thorn bud technique. So the roses refers to positive things that you heard. Um, thorns are negative and buds are opportunities. So we tried this with team. For every team that went out, they had to learn this technique, and they learned to put one thing on every person note. And then we did an infinitive diagram, diagram with it. But what we found was this wasn't quite enough. We had to introduce leaves, <laughs> which is observations. Because um, there's a bunch of things that we heard and we saw that didn't quite fit neatly into those three categories for them. So we used that just to give a bit of framing for non-researchers. Um, just help them just give it something visual as well. So here's them doing it as a team. This is everybody there... It, range from the subject matter experts to um, product owners and um, across departments as well. Um, and here's another way of doing it as well, the collaborative analysis. We actually had remote team members involved in this. So you can't quite see it, but on that chair in front of the guy with the glasses, there's a laptop facing the, the wall. And we've got an enterprise architect who was Google hanging out with us um, to look at what, was on, what we're talking through the screens. So we, was, we had just finished our testing, usable testing session, and we had a whole bunch of positive negatives um, and actions as well. So the pink slips were actions we we're going to take as a team for that upcoming sprint. And what this allowed us to do when we're doing collaborative analysis sessions was as a team, we're deciding what's important for our users and what we could achieve in that sprint and what we couldn't, what could go in the backlog. So it wasn't just us researchers driving it, it's now become a, a, a group decision. 
Okay, so challenge number four, the final challenge was around how do we turn these research insights into actionable insights, oh sorry, the research findings into actionable insights that we all agree on. So what's been challenging, I think Penny and both of touch on this, right, you can go out and you can collect all these insights, but how do we actually make change happen? When you bring in a bunch of research, non-researchers on this journey, you've got lawyers involved, you've got a bunch of business people, uh, they've been living and breathing this stuff for years. And you've got all this data, and trying to make sense of data together can be very, very hard. Um, so one of the things we played was this thing called Insight Bingo. So, we, um, so what we did was we, we got each individual to create insights based on the findings. So we had done, find, we'd done affinity diagramming, we came up with themes, and then we gave them a, a statement where they had to create insights and create as many as they want within a time box. So that was done silently. We went around and we just did it individually. Then what we did was we took turns to go around the, the table and actually read out an insight. And if your insight matched, you yell bingo. And the challenge was to get, get as many kind of matching insights <laughs> as you can with the, with the team members. So there's a, there's a, the team was quite competitive in that sense, and somebody had bigger piles than others. But this is a fun little game. But what it did reveal was that um, it showed where we had consensus around the kind of insights we were gathering. And for the ones that we didn't, it actually raised a lot of interesting discussions that we stopped to actually pause to go, okay, why was that insight important? And then we reflected back on the research we'd done as a team. And we could then decide about, oh, that is actually a quite an interesting one. Let's take a bit more time on that particular insight and dig deeper and work out how we can reframe it back up the line to the executives. So, um, so it's fun again to start the process, but really it's just, a, it's, it's just a speaking point to really get them thinking deeper about the, why we do something. So this is just a really quick thing. I'll have to talk about it over lunch, about some of, the, some of the challenges we had. But a cautionary tale we had from Team 2. So it's a team that was new to Agile ways of working uh, and new to research. So they found that um, they were really excited about this process. But what they also found was that um, there was a bit of perception that, oh, research can be done, again, by everyone. You just throw them in and do it. So we had to really step back through the process again to make, to make sure that people understand that um, you know, there's still a, a process around our research and the way we actually make the data into something that we can action. So as a result of that, um, we also had to make sure we were being very careful of our unconscious bias and our confirmation bias that happened. So we had a particular person on our team who was a subject matter expert, and she had a lot of ideas of what was wrong with this particular system, that, system in general, about the policy we're looking at. Um, and so when we went out to the research, when we were doing our analysis, that bias was driving a lot of the analysis. And we had to keep facilitating that process back, to pull it back, to say, actually, why? Why was that happening? Why do you think that? What did you hear? And it wasn't just us as facilitators of the process, but it was good to hear the other team members say, oh, but we didn't hear that, or we didn't see that. And because they were out there in the field together, the whole team was questioning and building this critical thinking process together. And it was amazing to see so, so they're left with this um, process of you know, increasing their critical thinking skill sets. But to wrap up, I'm going to talk about a happy ending for team one and two. So team one, I was telling you about the lawyer earlier. Um, when she joined our team, it, she joined us halfway through the project because we were working on this space where we're trying to work out, we're trying to help people who are in between being a hobby and a business. So you might be an entrepreneur, you might have created an app, or you might be like me, I make jewellery, all my lasers. Um, when you're in between things, you're not sure if your business is a hobby. And for taxation purposes, it actually matters, or it could matter, about what you get taxed on. 
So throughout the process, we discovered this is really hard. Taxation stuff is hard. <laughs> That's our user account, and I just don't understand this stuff. Um, so she joined our project to help us give a bit more of that legal understanding. So what happens so on the left, this is a taxation ruling that explains the situation. So you can see it had a reading level of like 12.5, which is yeah, hard. You can read it, it's tricky. So when the lawyers joined, um, they took it away and worked on it. And we ended up with a reading level that's uh, 22.3. <laughs> and so we took out a testing, of course, because we had to, you know, we had to be able to evidence base. I was like, this isn't going to work, but let's just go out together. We're going to take it out. And, uh, and at first, she, she, couldn't, she didn't want to come out. She goes, I don't have time for that. And as a lawyer, I've got to chase up all these things. So I go, look, just, just come along in the session. See what happens. She came out in the session, and she goes, she goes, Ruth, wow. I had no idea that's how people tried to understand what we were doing. That's not what we were meant like, well, people don't, people only, they're trying to make sense of, of our stuff. And if they can't understand, they'll go somewhere else, right? So how do we help them? So she worked with us. On the, on the right-hand side, you might not be able to read it in, this, in the slides, but the wording has gone from these complex to more complex to thing where we took the reading level down to 4.6. And that was because the lawyers got involved and they went out and they were involved in the research and the testing of this and the reword. And for me, that was such a massive win to have a lawyer gone from, I don't have time for this, to well, how is that going to work for our users? And when she went back to the ATO, she kept working with the other lawyers to say, but that's, that's not what we heard. That's not going to help so-and-so that we met. And it was amazing to see, you know, somebody who's gone like this to being the advocate. Um, and so lawyers, I think having them on every, any change project is actually a, a really good win. It might be really hard to get them onto your team, but the changes that happen. And we've seen that on at least two projects at DTA. When lawyers got involved, the change was big, much bigger than we could ever do ourselves. Because what Penny was saying about who are those influencers, and they are massive influencer. And my final one was team two, the ones that were new to Agile. Um, so this is the product manager who was horrified at the idea of going out and doing research with me. Maybe it was me. <laughs> no, no, so we were talking about the idea. At the end of, of our 20 weeks, we do this massive team retro where all, this, all the stakeholders come back and they talk about what went well, what didn't go well. And this was his, what he said. He goes, there were lots of examples of the value of user research and how the user views have changed our product. And he had gone from being very sceptical of what research even is to, wow, this is the one main thing I took away from this 20-week process. I'm still a bit unsure about Agile, but research is something we're going to continue doing in our teams. And for me, that, you know, that change was amazing. So um, I think I'm, hit, I'm hitting close to morning tea time. <laughs> I've got four minutes for questions. <laughs> so I want, to share, I want to say thank you for listening. I said it's been really For me, the journey of, of being a user researcher and, and being someone who does the work to, to facilitating a process for other people to do the work has been really challenging and really interesting and rewarding as well. And the teams have gone back home now and are still working on those products and they're getting, they're getting separate other challenges associated with that. But it's really nice to see that they've taken this culture of research back to their home organisations and they're now implementing it themselves as well. So I'm really excited about that. But thank you very much. Any questions? Thank you, Ruth. I'll actually get people to... Um... We hope you enjoyed this presentation from Design Research 2017. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.